Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lambs Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke. We're here with Julian Andrews. As always, Julian, what's up? Uh, you know, the usual, as we always say, uh, you know, living large in quarantine. I walked to a different room in my house today uh, during the workday, which is, you know, a big, big happening. Um, other than that, nothing. What's up with you, Kyle? I just had some Cheez-Its. Um, I dropped some. Now my cat is eating Cheez-Its. Um, so everybody's happy here. All right, um, cool. There's a tree trimming service that just started as soon as we recorded this. Um, and they're nowhere near done. So if you hear any loud noises in the back or in the background, um, that's what that is. Uh, but let's introduce our guest today. Um, our old friend, John Krasinski from The Athletic. Johnny, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? How's it going? It's We're, we're glad to have you. Um, we, we were going to have you on like two weeks ago, and then things got a little crazy in Wolves World. Um, <laughs> which is like, what a weird season overall. But um, I guess for you, like, how are you doing on, uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep here, but just on a personal level, it's always obviously been such a weird year for everybody, but like, how are you holding it up? Yeah, I mean, it, it has been really weird. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting by um, as well as I think I could hope. Um, you know, I have two young kids in, in elementary school and we've done the distance learning and now they're kind of starting to ease back in and, trying to actually do help them with their stuff and then also, you know, actually do some real work as well as something. And then, you know, you're covering a season and, you know, I've covered some bad wolf seasons, lots of them, but this one is right up there in terms of just lack of success and kind of overall misery. So, um, you know, it, it's been a bit of a grind. It's been, it, it's like, it's the perfect season for a 2020, 2021 in our in the year of our lives like what everyone is going through like the physical the manifestation of that basketball wise is what the wolves are going through so uh there's been some symmetry there and we're just grinding and trying to get through it so so wolves fans if you've been feeling bad about feeling bad about this season or feeling like why why isn't john just said you know he's been around and this is one of the worst ones for him too so you know relieve yourself of that guilt yeah, it's yeah. You don't. You're not um, knee jerk in saying that this is a terrible year. That this is one of the worst. It, it legit is. Like it's been. It, you know, <laughs> I've I've covered them since '05, and and there's been a lot of terrible seasons. But put this one right up there. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't think of another year where. Well, no, I can't. I can think of every year, but not quite. <laughs> not not quite like this, where like you have the optimism and like maybe I fell for it. Well, I. I felt for it when I worked for the team because you have to. You go to staff meetings and they just make you drink the Kool-Aid, um, they pour it right in your mouth, and they say, all right, now get to work. <laughs> um, but even before this year, I was like, yeah, this team might be a playoff team. And obviously, like the health and um, everything, you know, with, with Carl's situation um, and, like, things you can't plan for. But then you even see the team and you're like, okay, like I don't – I'm not sure if they're healthy. They make the playoffs because it just seems like there's a lot of missing parts here. Um but like from from your point of view, um, I guess you know if you're trying to be optimistic, do you do you just look at like Edwards and and like maybe somebody like Jaden McDaniels and that's it? Like that's that's you're like okay, like these are the kind of good parts, or this is why you should watch the games. Yeah, I think like right now in terms of why do you watch this team right now? Um, 
you're, you're looking at a couple of things. Yeah, you're you're looking at, you know, what is what's Anthony Edwards' projections? You know, do you get a fun dunk here and there, and 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 do you get like nice sequences that way? And and what can you see him kind of growing into? Best case scenario, Jaden McDaniel's has really been fun. Like he's kind of unexpected and has kind of come out of the shadows and is really uh, kind of solidified himself as, as something that's gone right in, in this season and, and not much has gone right. And so I look at those things for, for optimism um, and, and you, you know, you try and track that. The other thing is you do want to see, okay, what is Chris Finch going to do as a coach? Like, how is it going to be different than Ryan? What, how can he start to implement some of it in the middle of a season? And does that make a, a, any kind of a difference at all in what they're doing. And obviously four games in is way too soon to, to make any kind of declarations that way, but it at least gives you some intrigue to look at other than loss after loss after loss after loss. And so those things are good um, just to kind of really keep you focused and, and, and give you something to, to look forward to, I guess. The other part that it feels more like excuse making, but it's reality, you know, to if you're trying to sort of, differentiate this team from like the first couple of David Kahn seasons where they were 32 and 132 in those two years. I mean, that team like legit had no talent. Like there was just, there was nothing there. And so this team has, I think some talent uh, around, you know, Towns, Russell Beasley, you know, all, all these guys are talented. It's just like everything that could possibly go wrong from an injury illness standpoint has gone wrong suspensions, all that. And so, you know, you keep trying to keep, I, I think that that carrot is sticking out in front of your face a little bit and you're chasing after it because part of you at least says, okay, I don't think this is all going to work, but I at least want to see it. Like I want to, I want to see the, the full roster together for 15 games and just see what that looks like. And is there any sort of, hope or any sort of clarity that comes from that. And we're just, we're not getting that. I don't know that we will get that at all this season. Yeah. I just, uh, it's funny. Cause this is definitely not my least favorite team, like wolves team to watch minute to minute, mm-hmm. like just in terms of right. turning a game on and like seeing what they're doing. Um, whereas like some of the teams in the past, as you said, have just like, there's just no reason to watch them. And I don't find that with this team. Like I was watching them against the Suns and I was, you know, it's actually kind of fun. They were like moving the ball, you know, cat was throwing some nice passes. You get these moments of Edwards and McDaniels and it's like, okay, like there's a reason to watch that. But then you zoom out outside of the minute to minute. And it's this combination of just like very real trauma when it comes to cat. And then, which is just sad. And then you throw on top of that just the relative to expectations performance is just, yeah, it just can be kind of hard to keep a positive attitude. But yeah, not my least favorite squad to watch play basketball. Yeah, yeah. I think like, you know, there I I love I love watching Ant play. Like, I mean, he's gonna make a ton of mistakes. Um, he plays kind of he he's all over the place um in in, in some respects, but it's fun to watch him figure out, okay, now I know I can get by this guy. I'm going right to the cup and it might result in a wild flailing shot that goes nowhere, or he might dunk and, and end you to Watanabe's life. You know, like that's, that's the kind of thing, like 
that's that's fun to, to me to watch. I love watching Jaden McDaniels let a guy intentionally go by him and then use his seven foot long arms and and swat the thing right as he's trying to lay it up on the glass and seeing the guy look back and like, where did he come from? So there's there are some of those things that 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 you can look at. And, and you know, when Cat is engaged and and locked in, he's as talented as you know, almost any player in the league from an offensive standpoint, it can do so many different things. So there are those things like you're not watching Alexei Petrov and Sasha, Sasha Pavlovich and, you know, Kurt Rambis, you know, kind of stomping on the sideline. Like that's different. Um, but yeah, like I think even for someone like me who thought that coming into this season, even if everything went perfectly, I thought that the playoffs were going to be a very difficult thing for them to do. You just you you never expected seventy twenty eight. You never expected you know, this level of of injury of 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 dysfunction of everything about it. And and you can see now in the team as well, like the malaise has kind of set in, and their eyes are starting to glaze over a little bit. And so that's been the concerning part. I think if you're you know if you're in the Timberwolves front office, is how do you sort of kind of you know, get these guys to to get some energy and some zip back in them. Maybe the all-star break will be what they need to replenish and refresh because there's still 36 games left. Like it's a lot, there's a lot of games and they can't be just a death march when you yeah. the, uh, out of the all-star break. So that's going to be the big challenge for them. You're talking about Jade McDaniels, letting somebody go by to block them. That's something, John, you and I can relate to as well. Growing of up playing, yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's, that's a Kyle Rackie yeah. special. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what I, yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, and, and when I did it, yes, they were completely shocked that I could, have, yeah. that I could pull that up. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yes. I, I can't even do that with my six-year-old. So it's like, yeah. I watch, I watch, Chet, I watch uh, Chet Holgram play, and I just <laughs> think of, that's, that's me. Um, yeah. But, like, we, we talked about this um, – in our last podcast, I guess the last few, but like, it does seem like it's been two years since the wolves fired Ryan Saunders. Now, like there's just been like so much that's happened. And um, I think just everybody being at home probably adds to that. Um, And I think you and I are pretty similar in this, like where Ryan, there's such a weird, um, you know, it's hard to disconnect the two because Ryan's such a good person. um, And He's the guy who will text you when you're going through a tough time or, you know, there's countless stories out there. Um, you know, he's, he responds to everything and it, he gets it. Um, and then, you know, obviously this year has been a complete dumpster fire and a lot of things he couldn't control. Um, certainly things that he could have. Um, but as far as the way the Wolves handled that over that weekend, um, I think a lot of people, you know, even if you saw the move coming and you were okay with it, I think there was probably some head scratching on like, oh, that seems very convenient that the guy was there on Friday, but apparently you didn't have any conversation. You know, like it, it was all very shady. Um, I guess, and in, in maybe to be quite honest, maybe I'm just looking too far into it because I was, you know, I got let go by that organization in like, I'll be completely honest, right? Like maybe I'm harder on the organization because of that, but I'm just wondering it like, does that leave like a little, um, you know, black cloud over the front office and how they handled that? Did they uh, have a, someone have a contract that replaced you before you were fired, Kyle or, or no, was that just, <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Okay. No. Okay. So yeah, then you got that, that on right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's okay. Me. I work for the Wolves now. I took your job, yeah. Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> Very sneaky. Should have mentioned. Yeah. That. Um, yeah. No, but like, yeah, I, I, that what I, what I've said ab- about this is no one was really surprised to see Ryan get fired. I mean, whether it was, you know, he was more responsible than the injuries or anything for the losses, a coach who accumulates a record like that is probably going to get fired, whether it's fair or not, whether that record is deserved or not. So, um, so that, that the simple fact, and, and there were very few people who I talked to around the league who kind of were arguing, well, they should have kept Ryan Saunders. It's just in the way that it happened. And that, that did leave, I think a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and got kind of the attention of coaches and, and, and people around the league about how it was handled because it, it certainly does appear like they had something done with Chris Finch, whether it was Saturday, whether it was Sunday, they knew he was going to be the guy and they let Ryan coach a game and then fired him afterward when Finch was already, you know, waiting in the wings. And there is never a good way to fire someone like these very messy situations. And, and so you know, there's inherently, there's going to be some ill feelings. There's going to be some, you know, some, some difficulties in, in how you execute the, the, the process of it. But this one, I do think felt a little abnormally um, icky, if I can use a, a, a technical term. I mean, it just, it, it didn't end up looking very good at all that the news breaks that Ryan Saunders is fired and li- literally 15 minutes later, Shams is reporting that Chris Finch has a multi-year deal. So um, I think that that was a self-inflicted wound that the Wolves did not need because um, it was very much in, you'll remember this, Kyle, like I've, I've said, when when David Kahn fired Kurt Rambis, um, you know, Rambis was an intensely unpopular person in the organization and in the city just for how everything went down, how they were terrible, um, and how he kind of carried himself through that. Well, so, so Khan fires Kurt Rambis. And, um, then I reported that actually before he fired Rambis, he made Rambis do a book report essentially on what he would do to be, to be better, um, how he would improve things. And that's what Khan was going to look at before he decided if he, if Kurt was going to stay or not. And so when that part out, it turned this unsympathetic figure into a sympathetic figure. And it got a lot more of the vitriol directed toward Khan for kind of doing uh, somebody like that, even if you could say that Kurt Rambis deserved to be fired. And so just unnecessary, you know, you just don't need to do that. And um, I think with Ryan, certainly Ryan did not have anywhere near the, um, the, the low approval rating from a personality perspective, everyone loves Ryan. You know, he's, he kind of, he, he holds himself with dignity. He he's, he's got honor. He's, he's just a, a good, good person, but there were most people, I would say most Wolves fans were ready to see him go a, a, as a coach. And so, but then when you do it, but then do it the way that they did, then it's like, everyone looks and says, man, did, did you really have to do it like that? Did you, did it have to be that ugly? And so it, it did not reflect well on the organization. It did not reflect well on Gerson Rosas. You add in that they 
didn't have a real process to include any people, candidates of color, all those things. It just was really, really unfolded very messily. And then you put Chris Finch in a bad position just because he comes into this situation with kind of a lot of drama floating around him and, and it makes it a lot harder for him to do his job as well. Yeah. And it, it seems like these things continue to happen because like where it's all so avoidable where like you just take a step back and you're like, Hey, this is a lost season anyways. Right? Like why not make Vanterpool the interim head coach, even if you want Finch, right. Or have him be the interim for two weeks and have an interview process or whatever. Right. Or maybe not have it leak out. Um, you know, uh, that like there's so many times and the, and the Timberwolves have had very good PR people there. Like we know them well through the last 20 years and the, the current staff is no different. Like utilize them and lean on them because they would probably tell you in that situation, like, Hey, th- like this isn't going to end well. Uh, this kind of seems like a shit show and maybe we shouldn't do it. And it's like, Oh yeah. Cause immediately after it happens, everybody's like, why do they do that? That's weird. Um, yeah. And it just, it just continues. Um, a quick Rambus story. Um, not maybe not a story. Do you? So this is in Mankato. This is probably 2011. Um, do you remember? And I forget his name. Um, but do you remember in the alumni room at Mankato? They had like a little luncheon for us. Mm-hmm. And is this, was it Tony? Is that his name? Tony Ranzoni. Yeah, I think he was yeah. at the last. He had this presentation yeah. of how he's going to change everything. And absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was 21 and I was in college and I thought it was the coolest thing. I was wearing like my Doc Martens because those were my dress shoes <laughs> and, and like ripped up khaki pants because that's all I had. And I'm eating this like croissant next to, you know, whatever. And we got Rambus and, and Renzo just talking about the new wolves. And I was like, I think I wrote like five articles in the MSU reporter. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Those were the days, man. Um, they were, if anything, you know, they were accessible, maybe a little too accessible sometimes, yeah. but uh yeah, Ronzoni was a character. That's for sure. Uh, that whole crew was was something else, man. There's always drama behind the scenes. Always kind of, you know, and a whole whole lot of losing. So it was it was it was a unique time. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't have much else. As well, I guess the, the trade deadline's coming up. Um, it's it's we do this podcast twice a week, and we always joke about how like we don't want to talk about the wolves sometimes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, I get it. It's like, ah, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, better than anybody, but it's just like, ah, okay. Like, I don't want to, like, what did we talk about last night? They lost by 20. What's a good point? Mm -hmm. Uh, Vanderbilt had 11 rebounds and Jim Peterson called him Dennis Rodman 12 times again. Um, (laughs) Love you, Jim Pete. Um, They're trying to make V8 happen. They're trying to make V8 happen now. Yeah. That's been the new one. And it took Dave Benz a good uh, five minutes to understand why, like, what that would mean. He thought it was definitely the vegetable <laughs> the juice. Tomato juice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, why would we call him that? I don't get it. Um, um, oh, so the trade deadline's coming up. Um, obviously guys like, you know, you, Jake Lehman, maybe I think he's got one year left on his deal. Um, Culver, who seems like maybe not a right time to s- sell. Cause I think his stock is so low, but um, like, do, do you think any moves are going to happen? And, if so, who could be on the move? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Gerson Rosas really wants to make a move. I think he's feeling some heat right now about just the whole general situation. And he wants to kind of put forth the signs that he's doing whatever he can to improve the roster and, and get them going in the right direction. The problem is, is that 
you know, what are you going to do? Like, if you want to get a good player, you probably got to give up an asset and they're not going to give up a draft pick because they already have one that's promised to the Warriors. And so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, names like a Kogi, Culver, Layman, I think Rubio would be available for the right price. Um, but a lot of these guys are not playing well and they don't have a whole lot of value out there. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that to me, you look at the roster and it's, you know, you have Cat, you have McDaniels and you have Edwards is probably the three guys that you don't really want to part with unless it's for like a major, major deal. Um, and then the rest of them, I, I, I believe that the rest of them are, would be available for the right price. If they could go get an Aaron Gordon, if they could go get, you know, they, they talked, they had talks about Larry Nance. He's not going anywhere, but like, there, there's, there's, they want to get a power forward and um, and someone that can help them there. I think Jaden McDaniels can be that guy eventually. He's probably not quite ready for the whole full workload yet, but um, they want to go get uh, a four like that and to help out. And they're not easily attainable. So I, th- I still think that Rosas will make some kind of move just to kind of do it for the sake of doing it. Um, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a, you know, a D'Angelo Russell type blockbuster, or even a Malik Beasley type level move. I mean, that's the other guy that you would look at and say, do you move Malik Beasley and try and sell high with him? I don't think so now because he's had a great season and he's on a contract that you really like, even with the suspension and the off court stuff. So um, and they're nowhere near being ready to think about moving cat, which would be, you know, the 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 nuclear option. And and so. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, you might see something where they're shuffling the deck chairs a little bit and they make a move and try and, you know, try and get somebody that's a little bit better, maybe try and get an upgrade some way, somehow, but it's going to be tough just because of the assets that they're trying to move and, and what they're going to be able to get back for that. Yeah. Um, I, like I agree. Cause it's like, I mean, is like Ruby. I mean, Rubio seems so unhappy um, just from, you know, reading what, well, I mean, you read what you read and obviously Rubio is one of those guys. He hasn't played that well either. So I think it's a lot, it's easier for people to be like, well, yeah, you guys haven't played well. Well, you haven't played well either. Um, is there, but like, is there something to what he's saying where, um, because you watch the wolves and, you know, we, we obviously you can't point a finger at Cat this season because he's been gone through so much, but earlier in his career, that like you know those it was it reminds me of this like the Kevin Love waves where he's super engaged and then he didn't get a call that he liked and then the next three or four possessions he kind of takes off. Um, even when D'Angelo Russell's healthy, there uh, you know he leaves a lot to be desired in in the like oh look at this guy he's trying hard um, area. I mean like the only guy that you really feel good about and it's a guy that I didn't even want the Wolves to sign and uh, it's with Beasley. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when he's on the court, it's like, okay, like th- he's this bringing guy, it. Yeah. Yeah, he's bringing it every night. And, um, you know, I, I just think that the, the, like Rubio is onto something because it is a, a lot of what Rubio ha- has not done over the years. He hasn't made shots and blah, 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 but you've never questioned his desire. Um, when you heard him say that, what's your reaction? Is it like, it was that a shot at, the front office because if you look at snippets you can make it that or was it just a guy who was frustrated after you know uh, some tough games yeah i mean i think that it 
it hasn't been a secret that he's not real happy with how things are going. Now, one of the things that he that is an issue here is that um, it he's not playing well and part so he's part of the problem but he has always acknowledged that he said look I, I've got to play better I've got to be more effective but I do think that it's just been a weird remarriage if you want to call it that because there's a couple of instances like this where the wolves have gone out and got somebody and brought them in and it's like do you do they really fit with what you want to do like like they want to play up tempo, they want to get to the rim. D'Angelo Russell does not want to play up tempo and does not want to get to the rim. You know, they they have a system that doesn't really fit Rubio's strengths uh, to that all, all that much. So he has to play better. But also, it's like even if he was playing better, or can he play better in the what they're asking him to do? And so there's just that, that frustration there. From him, and here's the other part that why I do give his critique merit. It's that no matter how he's playing, there's no you cannot kind of doubt his basketball IQ, his intelligence, and being able to look at the situation around him and assess what's going on. And and so he's a an incredibly smart. Um, analyze analyst uh, when it comes to dissecting problems and what's and what's going on and he's just looking around and he's looking at a team that's seven and 28 that is not getting better game in and game out and he's being honest about it and he's just saying I don't know if we're seeing the improvement that we need to see and so all of what he said in my mind is valid and it's not sort of easily dismissed as well yeah but if if you could shoot everything would be better no that's the that's the case even if rubio was playing optimally at his at his highest possible level it wouldn't be enough to kind of save what's going on right now and i think that's the big problem that uh that his words were sort of you know just kind of laying out there yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's get to some fun topics because yeah. the wolves are depressing, and <laughs> um, I wish everybody there like joy and happiness. Um, no ill will for me, but it is a sad topic. Um, let's go into a wolves media game that I just made up right now. Oh boy! Um, I'm going to ask you three questions about wolves media members, um, <laughs> and this is guys that you're just with on the beat every day. It can be. Uh, you know, internal media, it can be external, it can be somebody that shows up once a month. Um, all right, you are stranded on a desert island and you have to be with one Wolves media person every single day, every hour. Who is the, who is not the first pick? Who is the last pick, um, the last person you would pick to, to be stranded with? The last, well, hmm. The last person I would pick to be stranded with on a desert island among the wolves media. Ooh, let's see. Um, I am going to say. We'll see. Like, I think like my initial thought was Ben's, but like he's, he'd be fun. I think like we'd we, he'd find some club on this desert yes, island that we would find a club, you know, yeah. we'd get into and he'd say hey i'll get you timberwolves tickets when we get out of here and 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 so we're in and so like we might have a have a great time with him um 
probably I'd have to say, even though I, he's my guy and I love him, I think it might be Youngblood because mm-hmm. I think he just would be a little bit too down in the dumps about it and wouldn't be able to make the best out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he lives on a farm and stuff, so maybe he's really resourceful. But um, but I think that, you know, he wouldn't exactly take the adversity in stride. And I would need someone that wanted to lift my spirits. And I think that he would probably be draining me a little bit more than uh, than lifting me, even though I love him to death. I've known him forever. Uh, that's probably my pick for who I would not want to be stranded on the island. I can, I can also tell you with 100% certainty that he does not listen to this podcast. So <laughs> that's good. I think that was a good pick. Yes. Yes. P- play it safe there. Yeah. Um, I think that's, th- I think that's probably the right answer. Um, that, that was Steve. Yeah. Youngblood. I would have probably picked Ben's because as much as I love Ben's when, during summer league in Vegas, I would sometimes get a text from Ben's at 11 PM and half of me was like, you probably should do this. And half of me is like, I don't know if I'm up for this. Um, so yeah, shout out Dave Ben's. Uh, I think Mark Remy, former uh, wolves, wolves writer has some Dave Ben's Vegas stories too. Um, they're all believe it. PG 13. Um, mm-hmm. in case anybody's wondering. Um, okay. I have a feeling this one might, <laughs> you can't say Kent again. Cause I think this would be the answer again. Um, <laughs> If you're eating something in Wolf's media room, you, uh, you like, I don't, you guys can't do that anymore, I don't think, but mm-hmm. uh, you put a napkin on your plate, you're done, but there's some food still left there. Um, <laughs> who is the person most likely to kind of eat some of those scraps up on your plate? And it can't be Kent Youngblood. It can't be Kent Youngblood. Oh, man. Let's see here. Um, I'm trying to think. It's pro- I'll, I'll say for this one, I'll say maybe I'm going to say Dane Moore because just it's a financial thing. Like he might be a little hungry right now, you know, like, you know, that's, that's what I'm wondering, you know, like, I mean, we're not letting you back in the building, Kyle. So that's, so you can't, you can't be siphoning off of my plate, but, but maybe Dane is, you know, maybe the subscriptions are down to the pod a little bit, even though it's a fantastic pod. I listen to it all the time. Everyone should listen to it. He does an awesome job. But uh, these are lean times right now, and there's not a lot of w- interest in the wolves. And so maybe, uh, you know, maybe he needs a, a little extra. And so that's that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, Dane's tweet game, though, what I will say is strong. Uh, if if Twitter does like the I've I heard something about maybe doing like the you can subscribe to somebody's tweets. Um, mm-hmm. if Dane did like a dollar per tweet and he just tweeted as much as he did. Um, wow. he'd, be, he'd be in a good place for life. Yeah, set for life, absolutely. Um, okay, last one. Um, you go into the media bathroom. There's nobody in there. This isn't going to go in a weird way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just All right. What are we doing? Uh, We're in the Minneapolis airport is, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is uh, singing up to the top of their lungs. They're singing Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On." Um, who is this? Who is it's, this? It's, it's Chris Hine, like a hundred percent. There's no question about it. I mean, it, he's probably Mariah Carey. He's probably uh, Carol King. But I mean, even Celine, that would not that would not put it past me. But he's the the musician of the group. He's the the guy who's playing the piano and writing songs and stuff, and and is you know kind of bringing music to uh, to the beat. So without question, Chris Hine is in there belting it out. All right, that's our Wolves Media questionnaire. Uh, <laughs> all good answers. Uh, I think some honorable mentions for food. Um, 
Jim Peterson, I think he would steal steal. Some See, yeah, but Jim never deigns us with his presence in oh, in the pregame time. media. He's too good for us. Yeah, he's yeah. a big time TV star, and so um, yeah, so he does not bring it. Um, maybe Corey Henry would would be sneaking in and and mm-hmm. get it if she counts as in in she's PR, but maybe she she would count as being a sneaky one that uh, that grabs something off my plate. So. Yeah, I, one time I saw Cody Sherrod actually in the garbage can. <laughs> so really, really weird. Uh, then snap a picture of it and put it on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Um, okay, uh, before we go, um, maybe this could have tied back into our first conversation for organizational um, purposes. But uh, he, he, I think for Wolves fan, it, fans, it's kind of bittersweet. But how much fun is it watching Zach Levine doing what he's doing in Chicago right now? Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know. Kyle, you were in Toronto with me for the yeah. dunk contest, right? And yeah. like, I, I always remember after the dunk contest and we're, we kind of go behind the curtain after the press conference and and for our one-on-one stuff. And and he just is like, man, he's like, y'all got to give me a hug, man. Like yeah. that was, he's like, come on, man, you got to give it to me. Like, I know, like, I know we work together and stuff, but you got to give it to me. And like, it, it, he just brought it, like he, he was, he's such a joyful fun guy and what i love about the thing more than ever is like he took a lot of heat um both here and in chicago early days like uh he he doesn't contribute to winning he he, he's selfish he does all these things but like if you had spent any time around zach and you've seen him um you know like how hard he works like this guy is he really he's not some flighty you know, gen or millennial type that just wants to dunk and doesn't care about, you know, any, anything else and wants the highlights. Nah, he's, um, what he is, is, is a, just an unbelievably hard worker who really cares about this stuff. And he's able to kind of walk that line of ultra serious competitor and really wanting to be great. But then he's also not a bleep hole. Like he's a, a good dude that like, just lightens the mood around and how much did that locker room with the wolves need the mood lightened like night mm-hmm. in and night out. So um, I couldn't be happier for him. I think he's a, you know, he's a great guy and he has become just a freaking monster from an offensive standpoint. I mean, you know, there is no, when he wants to get a shot off, there's no one that's going to stop him. Like, I mean, he gets that pull up, he gets, you know, he can get to the rim. Like he, he's got, he's got a little more muscle on him now. Uh, he's really developed. And so I, I am very happy to see him have some success and, you know, hopefully you see the bulls start winning a little bit more too because of it. Cause he's, he's one of my all time favorite dudes to cover for sure. Yeah. Dude, Zach is uh, we're we have league pass and we watch the bulls more than we watch the wolves probably um, just cause uh, my fiance is like the biggest Zach Levine fan in the world. Um, but like two quick Levine stories. Um, and also, it's weird saying fiance. Yeah, know? how about that? Can, yeah, what a flex, Kyle. Jeez. Well, yes, I did that. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. We're happy for you. Off the market, ladies. Um, <laughs> everybody's like nobody was wondering. Um, yeah. The eight people that listen to this podcast. Um, like, yeah. So Zach, the first time I met him, it was at a Wolves Media Day, and we we're sitting there talking, and I asked, he, we we're talking about music, and he's like, "Oh, my favorite artist is Chief Keef." 
Um, of course, I can totally relate to Keith. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, I was like trying to be funny, and I was like, "Well, I, my favorite's Adam Levine, actually, like Zach Levine, Adam Levine." Well, <laughs> most awkward conversation ever. He has zero idea who Adam Levine is. <laughs> so we're just sitting there staring at each other, like, "Okay, well, um, good, good talk. Good thing we're not live on, on YouTube right now because we were." Um, and uh, we went to All Star Game last year. We saw him at a. Um, just a little event and he honestly pointed and this, this isn't, I mean, this is who Zach is. It's I'm not, not, we're not making this about like us, but he pointed us out um, some, some wolves members that were there and, you know, he looked at us and brought, you know, had him bring us up and, you know, he's like, how are you guys doing? I miss you guys. And um, you know, for a guy that you know, we, we've seen these guys, John, where they come out and they act like Zach when they start their career. And then by yeah. year three or four, they are no longer that person. And, that's somewhat expected. Um, you know, you grow up, I guess, and you realize what's important and what's not, but Zach has never changed. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really fun to see. Yes. Awesome dude. And the, the other thing about like, he was so important to that locker room because you had Carl on one side who is kind of the super polished, you know, media guy and, 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 very vocal and and all of these things and then you had wiggins on the other side that was just really quiet and to himself and then you have zach in the middle and he could you know reach both of them that way and and so like he was just just enormous in terms of having good chemistry on those teams even though they were losing a bunch of games just because of his infectious personality and he would able be able to relate to anybody and make them laugh and 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 have fun and they also respected him because of how hard he worked and um and so yeah just you know can't say enough good things about him awesome well john thanks for joining us we appreciate it um everybody go read john's stuff at the athletic do you have anything anything new coming that we can read so yeah i, I just today dropped a kind of in-depth deep dive on Jaden mcdaniels um that kind of gets into you know you look at this kid and he's six nine six ten he's he can block shots. He can hit threes. He can run the floor like the modern, exactly what the modern NBA is wanting. Like, how did he fall to 28? And and so just kind of go into kind of the history at Washington and some of the ups and downs and things like that. And and, you know, talk to a lot of his family. So if you're you know, if you're looking for a little bit of light, you know, in this dark season, um, I would I recommend that we will come you know, we'll go into the break with some trade stuff and, and, um, and start looking forward to that a little bit too. So there'll be some good reporting going on with that coming up in the next week or so as well. So it's a great time to hop on and subscribe if you guys, uh, if you haven't yet. Yeah. Go subscribe now. Um, follow John on Twitter, uh, search for his name and it's, it's the guy that's not in the office. So that's right. just, there'll be two pictures and pick the one that's not follow him. Um, Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe. All right. Thanks, guys.